all right, all right. My taste buds, my culinary comrades, my hungry homies. Welcome. It is a 2019 edition of House of Carbs. The food podcast for the hungry people by the hungry people. My famished friends, welcome to a brand new year. We are so excited. There's only one way to kick off the new year, and that is with our own insider ringer homies. We have the marvelous Mallory Rubin and the incandescent Jason Concepcion. You know them from Binge Mode. They're on to help us ring in the new year here on House of Carbs. We're talking about the crazy and expansive food scene in the Harry Potter series. So a little binge mode, HOC mashed up, and I'm saying mashed up because you know I got mashed potatoes on my mind, hungry homies. A couple words before we jump into that delicious conversation. Speaking of mashed potatoes, I hope everybody had a terrific holidays with friends and families. I know I did. A couple shout-outs to, to some meals that I had with friends and families. These were best bites. Uh, wrapping up best holiday bites is the way that I'll put it. Wrapping up 2018 bourbon steak for a glorious sit down with a bunch of, of of degenerate friends. I in fact so degenerate I I recorded a podcast immediately after this delicious meal of bourbon steak. I may have uh, enjoyed a glass of red wine or seven, and then I got on with with uh, Podfather himself, Bill Simmons, and we took down the trade value. You may have. Uh, enjoyed listening to that. I know I enjoyed recording it. I hope it came through how much I enjoyed that meal. I also, just last week, was able to get to Maydan, number two on 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 the Bon Appetit Best New Restaurants in America 2018, with good reason. What a glorious experience with with Rose and and Chef Gerald and all the terrific folks at Maydan. If you go there. I insist that you eat the entire meal with your hands. They're polite. They will give you a fork, but I'm telling you the only way to eat lamb shoulder and beautiful roasted chicken and a glorious ribeye and all of the condiments, the beautiful beets and the carrots, they bring you this delicious bread and the spreads and the cheeses. You take the bread, you put your, your protein inside there, you pick your spread across the flavor profile. We're talking about North African, we're talking about Mediterranean. Spread your spread, get it on there, enjoy it. That's how you do the Maydan. My friends, we're going to get into the belly of Harry Potter here with our good pals, Network and Mallory Rubin. All right, my taste buds, it's not every day of the week. That here on the House of Carbs, we have the ple- the pleasure of sharing the podcast studio with podcast super duper stars. This is a special ringer presentation. I am in the presence of podcast genius. I'm sitting with the co-hosts of the Binge Mode podcast, Jason Concepcion, Mallory Rubin. Welcome to House of Carbs. Hello! Hello. Yeah! <laughs> wow, that was a... Uh, that was a Quite an intro. Thank you so much for Thank having goodness. us. We're well, honored to be here. Truly. Yeah. Seriously. An the, honor the, and a privilege. The, uh, the honor and privilege is, is ours. Mm. We 
have circled this this moment in time. It is November, and we are <laughs> very, very excited about the idea of, of delivering to all of our hungry homies, all of our taste buds out there, a Harry Potter view of, of the, the feasting, the holiday world. Yes. Because we have come to, to appreciate the, the, the feasts of Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. We know how... Uh, uh, important food is to the entire wizarding world. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I can't think of any other way to sort of crack that egg if I can use a f- that kind of a food wow. euphemism wow. than with, wow. with two wizarding experts. Our own Molly Weasley right here. I know. <laughs> Let's begin with this. Yes. You both, just mm-hmm. within uh, the last handful of months, mm-hmm. uh, Visited the Wizarding World. It's true in in Orlando, Florida. Really I did. my own self have have been there, and they have food. <laughs> they, they, have, they have food. They have food. They have a lot of they food. Have a that lot. Was, that it's was, delicious. That was it. Now I Mallory before this started talked about shipping home to oh herself. <laughs> well, that is a story. <laughs> Let Let's begin there. We are hungry, homies. Don't worry. We'll get to the food of the Wizarding World. Yes. But this this we have to begin. In the real wizarding world. <laughs> well, the th- uh, the fine people at Universal uh, Orlando Resorts and the Wizarding World understand who their customer is. It's true. And man, they are they prepared to sell you stuff? Boy, are they? <laughs> it is effective. <laughs> it is quite. A, I mean, you walk into these incredible recreations of stores you know, and they have all the products that you've read about, read so much about. And they look delicious. Oh, and yeah. the next thing you know, you've spent $200 on candy. Easily. I shipped, well, I didn't. Ruby, our Ruby. delightful colleague, because Thank we you, had Ruby. naturally run out of time yes. on our trip. And we're trying to record a podcast an hour before heading to the airport. So Ruby helped. But we, the collective, shipped, I believe it was 31 pounds yeah. of merch back to our office here in Almost all of that was was candy from was Honey Dukes. There was candy. a lot of candy, and I should say this is important context. We live in Los Angeles, yeah, where there is also a Wizarding World of Harry Potter, which means I could just I could just go get candy there. <laughs> <laughs> and yet I felt compelled to ship this across the country. And my first, I think, part of it is because. Food is so visceral, right? So yes. when you're reading yeah. about it, I mean, so many things about the story pull you in, and right. you think. I want that. I wish I could experience that for a moment in time. Food, on the one hand, you might think, well, I have food. I can go have a delicious snack if I want. So it's almost counterintuitive to think that something that is real, delicious food, would draw you in. But it's that it's that that hallmark of a great fantasy story where it's like the one twist, the slight recalibration on something mm-hmm. familiar makes it somehow even more exciting. So the idea of like a candy like fizzing Wisbees, like right. something that I can eat at a candy shop that's going to make me levitate or, you know, pepper imps, like right. something that's going to make me spoke at the ears, ice mice, chattering teeth. Birdie Bot's Every Flavor Bean, which is a jelly bean where each bean is... You don't know what you're going to get. You just literally do not know what the flavor is going to be. It could be anything from strawberries to earwax. Je- Alas, jelly, earwax. Jelly bean yeah. roulette. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's, but that's a fun thing. You can have taste tests with your friends. A vomit-flavored one, very unpleasant. Sardine is the worst one I've ever had. Truly oh, truly offensive. I can't even believe they did that to you. <laughs> I, I, I love the point that you just made, Mallory, because this is the thing about um, the Wizarding World and the Potter series that um, is truly remarkable to me when when it comes to the food, mm. they have elevated and made 
seem exotic and against all odds made appealing the traditional British menu, yeah. which yeah. mostly sucks. Like, with all due respect to our UK pals, like, you know, there's a reason that, like, the the the, the British food tradition right. has been... A lot of boiled stuff. Yes, And a yes. lot of take the old stuff and put it in a pie and serve so, it to you later. I, just in the interest of transparency and candor, yes. Yes. I personally, I stand for British food. Well, I, I think love it. Let me just say nice. that I think there are certain things that, especially over the last... 15 years yeah. where it's like kind of come up a level. I think that there's certain things that are that are really good. Like I when I studied abroad, sure. Sure, I wanted to explore the wide culinary scene in London and take advantage of all the different ethnic foods that you can try, mm-hmm. but I was also like give me a steak and ale pie literally every day of the week and a pint and I'm perfectly content. So, I am I think in the minority there and your point your point holds, but I just felt it was important to establish that I I generally speaking actually like the idea of Yorkshire pudding is appealing to me. Sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Like, but you know in the in the pantheon of yes. great of of culin- great European culinary traditions. Yes. Of course, this is canon, which is a, a film. Wa- I don't want to put you on blast here, but as a yeah. film watcher, not a yeah. book reader, fair right. to say. Correct, correct, one hundred percent. There's a. You might not have the full sense of this. We'll share this with you. You'll be delighted to hear it. I think so. There's this character, Flor Delacour. Jason does. I love Flor. Exemplary big, big voice of, work, which you'll hear in a moment here. Uh. And she is French. She's from the French school, Bobaton. Bobaton. Uh-huh. <laughs> and. When they come for the Triwizard Tournament in Book Four, Goblet of Fire, oh, yes. there's this delightful scene at their welcome feast where the French are just offended by the food that I Congress understand. has provided. Absolutely disgusted and by she it. She comes over to the other table, and she's she's supposed to be this, this like jaw jaw dropping beauty okay. who Ron and is like you know jaw on the floor, and all the boys are smitten and don't know how to behave. And she comes over and asks for the bouillabaisse. Bouillabaisse. The bouillabaisse. Which they brought, which they brought they with did. them. Yeah, that's all she'll eat is the French dish. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Give us some floor voice work. Oh, you want the bouillabaisse? <laughs> the food here is terrible. Oh, it's awful. Everything boiled. Beans for breakfast. <laughs> awful. When her fiancé is attacked by a werewolf, mm. she, the one, uh, one of the ways that she rationalizes, she's very sweet, it's a beautiful scene, and one of the ways she rationalizes uh, his newfound love for raw meat, right. which, which is the effect of the werewolf bite. Is the British always overcook their meat anyway, I you know? So oh, that's lucky, a good line. Lucky has yeah. me. That's a good line. Yeah. I like it. It's good stuff. So, so let's talk a little bit. Uh, I will tell you in, in my research for this, I was confounded by <laughs> certain... <laughs> Uh, irreconcilable, at least on the face of it, um, food pursuits. So, mm. so one of the things I, I I did a little bit of a dive into the the, the kitchen of Hagrid. Okay, Uh-oh. okay. And, Uh-oh. and I just have to tell you, I I don't understand why anybody lets Hagrid cook. Are you talking specifically about like what was the stoat? The stoat, stoat, the stoat sandwiches sandwich. are very, extremely tough. It's very tough. I mean, it's literally a weasel, I believe, like it's, a rat. It is. <laughs> extremely tough. The the food item that we most often associate with Haggard would be the rock cakes. Right. Which, again, Harry cracks a tooth open on. Because it's a rock. Very unpleasant to eat. L- literally mostly rock in the rock cake. Here, <laughs> so I would say that this is the primary function of Haggard's cooking in the story. Yes. It's to show you really how much Hag- Harry, in particular, but also Ron and Hermione, love Hagrid. That right. they're, they're willing to, to pretend. Up, they're willing to put up with so much. To stomach what he's putting in front of them because they care so much about the conversation they're engaging in. Now, at least, at least, 
he knows how to boil a pot of tea. Okay. Because they're always having a conversation over tea. He also loves a cup of brandy. Loves a, loves a large that cup works. of brandy. That works. When, again, Bobaton was visiting and Madame Ooh. Maxime's horses needed single malt whiskey, that was all that they would drink. Hagrid, so happy it. to help. Okay. And had the good stuff, apparently, because the Always. horses wanted a, a high-quality single malt whiskey. <laughs> uh, so Hagrid, yeah. I, the other thing to realize about Hagrid is... He's half giant. Half giant. That's okay. true. So different standard for different him. Different standard for him. Obviously, much more rough. Uh, you know, rocks. Very easy to to chew for him. He <laughs> likes the crunch. It'd be kind of like a like a rice crispy <laughs> treat, I guess, to him. So it's just like a different. It, it's a. Uh, you have to uh, accept the cultural differences with Hagrid. And again, as Mal pointed out, uh, this is what. Our friends Harry, Ron, and Hermione are willing to put up with because they just enjoy his company. They don't even think he's a good teacher, frankly. No, that's <laughs> so he's not good at Those cooking or teaching. Yeah. But he's, he's, but you he's know, before he before he's he becomes a, a professor of caramagical creatures, he's the gameskeeper, and so that's also you know part of his character is he's he's communing with nature. He's out there in the wild, you know, creatures like the hippogriffs, Buckbeak. They love him. He understands them. And so he's just connected to the world around. Also, famously, right, he was expelled and his wand was snapped right. in half. Now, he does maintain the wand halves illegally, he, secretly oh, in an umbrella. Expe- but he's not supposed to do magic. And he was, he was expelled essentially for his— He was uh, framed. For, and his, for his friendship with a giant—with a huge giant spider. Aragog. R.I.P. Yeah. to Aragog. And the other thing is food plays a role with Hagrid right away because when he comes to tell— Harry, that he's a wizard. He, yes. bring, he brings him a birthday cake. That's, this is this is uh, a and beautiful I, moment and and edible, I believe. Yes, mostly edible. It's not made out of rock. Correct. I think no it's, talons it's, it's in, the, in the birthday cake. Harry, the, Harry will later find something that he thinks is a talon in some of Hagrid's cooking. So. Yeah, just not a, not a great cook. Very so, Hagrid. But by contradistinction, Molly Weasley. Oh, the milf. Man, she can cook it up. Do you know? Do you know why we call her milf? Milf Weasley, Molly. I'd like to fuck. Yeah, I mean, are we allowed to say that on House of Cards? Yeah, yeah we, we have the E. We have the E. We had the vulgar vegans on. Thank God. Uh, so yeah, we we have an explicit. I um was not aware that that's what we called her though. That's, that's, that's what, what we, we call that, her. Well, that's what that's we our call thing. Her. You know, her her code name with Arthur when they when the the Death Eaters are running rampant and and the good guys need to be able to identify her. It's Molly Wobbles. Okay. For the naughty bits, you know. I see. Awesome. She's a she's a special lady. Well, among among. <laughs> Among her many her virtues, many her many talents, <laughs> her cooking skill predominates. Legendary. And she mi- mixes uh, the magic with, with, with the cooking, which uh, on the one hand seemed like um, perhaps unnecessary for, for a woman of all her talents. But on the other hand, you know, producing things on, on short order, uh, the, 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 the corned beef sandwiches yeah, uh, are— that that is one of the the things as I um, prepared and read. I was legitimately lusting God, for I a cor- and sandwich. I didn't know I should be lusting for Molly herself, herself. as well. You, I you mean, should be Molly and the corned beef sandwich. That's Quite an afternoon combo. right there. That's Quite an afternoon combo. delight. Well, Molly and Arthur have uh, <laughs> seven children, uh, six sons and a daughter, and you you know you would assume. You'd hope that uh, having to cook for that many people, you would just get good at it by rote because you have to. The corned beef sandwiches are a particularly interesting example to raise because while we assume they're delicious, as everything Molly cooks is, our first introduction to them is Ron actually being ashamed of them. On his first Hogwarts Express ride with Harry, he's got a bag of them and he's like, always the same. She forgets I don't like corned beef. It's Mm. always the same. And it's symbolic 
It's a way that the reader sees right away that Ron just blends in in his family, yeah. right? He's not; he doesn't feel like he gets to do his own thing, make his own choices, always second best or you know sixth or seventh best. And in that same car ride, Harry gets to buy all the candy mm-hmm. from the trolley witch on the train because he has money for the first time, his inheritance. And they bond sharing that candy together. Ron pushes the sandwiches aside. And so the corned beef actually plays a role in kind of uniting them and bringing them together. And then when Harry is sort of adopted by the Weasleys over the course yeah. of the story, Harry, who grew up without parents, always mm. neglected in the Dursley home, Molly's cooking is like, it's amazing. A life-altering experience yeah. for him. It's one of the first times he really feels like this is what it means to be in a family. That like, actually, same way he feels about Hogwarts yeah. meals. That was a, a very relatable moment, too, because, like, if, if for anyone who has ever had conversations with their friends about lunch as a kid in school— uh, there is a there is a stigma attached oh, early right. on. It's with like the why bag don't lunch. why don't I have the gogurt the cool right. gogurt today? The, the bag lunch <laughs> yeah. the bag lunch is 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 an opening for embarrassment quite quite often. You know, it's like true. A, one, it's, is your parent the parent who's making it? Did they do a good job? And then two, there's just something uh, something about having agency when you have couple of dollars in your hand, you can buy a slice of pizza. And, but that's what's so brilliant about right. it. Again, so early in the story and a theme throughout. Perspective, right. because from that's how Ron sees it, exactly. right? I don't get, I don't have agency, I don't get to choose. From Harry's perspective, it's I can't. He has somebody who cared enough to make him launch. How lucky is he, right? It's this incredible thing. I, right I love it. I love it. And I could eat a corned beef sandwich right me now. Me too. So want to go to Katz's? This yeah. Is, this is, oh, they don't have Katz's out here. No, no I wish. Show you guys. Come on. Last time we were in New York, for Jason, we like got in a cab from JFK, and Jason was like, "I'm going to get." I went straight from the. I I, I checked into the hotel <laughs> right and I there. got in a cab and I went straight to. That's because you're a goddamn hero. I mean, let's impressive. just be honest. That's exactly right. I ordered a pizza via caviar to my hotel room, which I also think is heroic. <laughs> from but, where? Uh, Roberto's. Okay, sure, great. Of course. I mean, at least it's you know. You did it right. Yeah. All right, hungry homies. Quick break from this mashup with the binge mode. Let me tell you, I'm on travel myself right now. I'm coming to you live from Naples, Florida. Here's a little insider travel secret from our friends at Hotel Tonight. There are tons of empty hotel rooms out there just waiting to be booked. And Hotel Tonight has partnered with these awesome hotels to help them sell unsold rooms, which means you are getting incredible deals. Seriously, if you love scoring amazing hotel deals, you've got to get the Hotel Tonight app rolling. Forget scrolling through never-ending lists. Hotel Tonight shows you a list of incredible deals and cool hotels that they think that you are going to love. They're going to give you short profiles of each hotel, complete with the info you need as opposed to info you don't need. And pictures of what the rooms really look like as opposed to the fake-ass pictures that you might get from other websites. Plus, even though their name is Hotel Tonight, they're not just for last-minute bookings. You can also book in advance, which means Hotel Tonight is perfect for the spontaneous weekend getaway, the three-day weekend, the staycation, business trips. How about just booking a place with a pool? Whatever you want, you can customize it. Jump on that app and find that joint. My friends, I did this. We talked about it a couple times. I had to get to New York for a delicious meal at Bobby Plays Gato with the homie, Adam Rappaport. Hotel Tonight was the vehicle by which I secured a hotel room. You got to get it done. To start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels, go to hoteltonight.com or download the app now. 
So you mentioned Hogwarts, and I and I um, loved the the uh, the connective tissue that you, that you just um, you know created for us in terms of that building blocks of the relationship um, with Harry and Ron. Um, but you know the, the interesting thing, and I think part of what uh, you know really fits the House of Carbs mode <laughs> is food as a common ground, food as family. Yeah. Yeah. This is a big part of of, of yes. our of our ethos, and so the feasts at Hogwarts yes. are are important, right? Yes, because those important. those kids are are you know from walks of life that that uh, have them in, in a disadvantage. And so going over the top with the feasts is crucial. And I love to give credit to JK. I I don't know um, the, the perfect timeline for her crafting of the stories, but she was on to something. She was doing farm to table <laughs> at That's Hogwarts. A great, it's a great point. This is in the 90s. Yeah. So that was before it was really a thing. I mean, this is what I'm saying. I don't know. What do you guys think? You know, some tough labor politics involved here, given the ultimate house elf reveal when in book four they learn, they realize that the, the house elves in the Hogwarts kitchens are preparing all this food. Before them, you know, the moment when you're, when Harry's at his welcome feast in Sorcerer's Stone and it's like, where did this food come from? And that idea, again, food is really a portal for understanding across the story how magic works mm. and what is involved and who is involved in getting something that you see before you into existence because it literally just does seem like, oh my God, it just appeared. Right. But one of the things we learn, this is like pretty inside baseball nerdy stuff, but right. Gamp's law of elemental transfiguration, we won't, we won't go too deep wow. here, but food cannot come from nothing. It actually can't. It, it has to come from somewhere. Okay. And this becomes hugely key in the seventh book when they're out on the run and they're living in the woods and Hermione will go find mushrooms. And, right. and all she can do is try to improve right. them into something better, right. but she can't summon food that doesn't exist right. into existence. You can't it's just like, make a sandwich. You have and to it, turn it from some other food stuff into that. It's really an important message because it's like, again, magic isn't a cure-all, mm-hmm. right? It's it's changing something fundamental about your life, but it's not creating it whole cloth. And so the feasts, it's this unbelievable moment for Harry where it's like, wow, I was frying up bacon for the Dursleys and living in the cupboard under the stairs. And look at all of these things. Every single thing I love is here. And it's this beautiful entrance for him into a world that finally feels like home and finally feels like family for the first time. And then there are all these things you learn about it over time that change it. But food is really central to everything about the Hogwarts experience. The welcome feast, the Halloween feast. Yeah. Harry often stays at school over the holidays. Not everybody does. So we get mm-hmm. these smaller moments where he's at a table with like Dumbledore sharing a Christmas cracker together. Beautiful things like that. When Fred and George sneak food from the kitchens, they bring food into the common room for parties. When they get to go to Hogsmeade, the village in the third year, and they have butterbeer for the first time. It's like, wow, they, they start it's, drinking very young, but it opens up something <laughs> about the world. It's, it's a medium of, of – it's a meta medium as well because not only do the characters commune over these feasts, commune about their uh, their, uh, their tastes, their individual tastes in food, um, but we – know what their taste we the reader get to commune with the characters in that way too right. i mean like uh one of the central 
one of the really fun character traits about Dumbledore is he likes candy. Mm-hmm. He's he a candy guy. The password to his office is almost always a candy. So it's like lemon sherbet because they're his right. favorite. And then later, cockroach clusters. There's just one famous scene where Harry desperately needs to get into his office and just starts shouting candy like yeah. in order until he gets to the right password and gets up there. It's great. <laughs> and when and you he think knew the candy was going to be the password. Oh, yeah. And yeah. when you think about it, that is really – that is a sign of – uh, a certain level of closeness with another yes. person if you know what they like to eat. Absolutely. But the, the um, interesting thing to me uh, as an overarching theme is the relatability mm-hmm. of, of the story and using food. Because, you know, in, in a wizarding world, it's like, you know, t- tell me one thing in, in uh, Lord of the Rings that anybody, I don't, I can't think of well, a single. Gollum eats that raw fish. Right? Yeah, right, right, right. My favorite Lord of the Rings food thing is Gollum, is taters? Yeah, it's taters. Cook them, mash them, put them in a stew. Yeah. I love that Gollum Sam. They have those little cakes too. They skin the rabbit. They skin the rabbit. Yeah, the elven bread. Rabbit is hard to, you know, it's like it not always doesn't always come out good. You it's have to true. do a lot of stews because it can be stringy. Also, but I a do famous like a scene about Great how to skin a rabbit in 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 uh, Thrones, yes, of course, yes. the argument about how to best skin a rabbit. Yes, but, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it, Thrones has its own. I, I mean, you you can't three fingered hob, three fingered hob, man. <laughs> and, and the bread, who who's the bread, uh, <laughs> the bread baker. <laughs> Uh, oh, hot pie. Hot yeah, pie. Yeah, hot pie, dear yes. sweet hot pie yes, with his little direwolf yeah. bread. It really got quite good. Yeah, of yeah. course. It beautiful actually, beautiful it was, technique. It was this all, the, the single food item in Game of Thrones that was that I had any interest in. That kid at is all. like out there in real life making Doing that pie. stuff. Yeah, now. like it's he's it's become good like for his him, brand. Let him be the best him. Yeah. I mean, sure. listen, it's either those pies or the pies with uh, human flesh yeah. inside. I'd which rather is have like, a hot pie pie than a fray pie. This is that that's most of games of Game of Thrones is a desecration yeah, of it's like on the one hand you had 77 courses at Joffrey's wedding on the other hand uh, after he ate the dry pigeon pie he drank poison wine and <laughs> yes, died yeah, that's so right. spoiler alert and obviously yeah spoiler alert uh, red wedding like the the great yeah. uh, the grandest of, of, of feasts perhaps the grandest of feasts captured over you know time yeah. Uh, on on Game of Thrones, where you have a, like a deep dive into how they they might be enjoying a thing, and for ten seconds you're like, oh, this is pleasant. Yeah, yeah. I can you know try and project a little, and it's only ten seconds because that's all Game of Thrones will ever <laughs> permit in terms of actual relatable human behavior, uh, and it goes into the subhuman. No, but you're making an interesting point. In yeah. Harry Potter, it really is often food is at the center of a source of joy mm-hmm. and of yeah. closeness and of uniting people and bringing them together in some way. And I, again, I think it's because Harry didn't have that yeah. growing up. And so it's such a precious thing to him. And it's this this tie that unites him and makes him feel this sense of closeness of love and support that was just absent for him. There, for so there's long. also like a, building off that point, part of. A core theme of of Harry Potter is the family that you create, yes. that you yes. create around family you, the you family yes. you choose, yeah. and so much of that is communing over these meals. Mm-hmm. Right. I think it's uh, you know it's crucial that we don't really get that from the other side. Like the bad guys, we don't really know what they like to eat. That's right. We get mm. to see when Voldemort's at a, a long table right. at Malfoy Manor. The only eating is when he feeds a, a he, dead corpse he, he to Nagini, his, his, his right. snake. We don't know what they're what they're like broing, you know, chilling out eating. For, uh, well, he, we know he you know he loves to. Drink snake venom. Who is to milk Nagini? Wormtail. Right. Who is to milk Nagini? So, <laughs> feels like rock cakes would work for them too. No, <sighs> he's into the softer, the softer <laughs> stuff. I think, <laughs> like Bellatrix's loins. Oh, hello. Oh, hey now. Hello. I mean, it's we established earning, canon at this point. We've, so. we've, we've earned the. <laughs> we've e. gone through the gone through the looking glass. 
Um, so I, I uh, need to hear from each of you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your, I, I don't know what the right way. It's it's a ranking. You know, it's, mm-hmm. we, we, it's what we do here at The Ringer. We love to rank things. Love a list. We love a list. Love a list. <laughs> exactly right. Um, name a couple food items for each of you that are Ooh. either important because they're, they seem to be so delectable mm-hmm. or, or their story importance has a sort of relevance and, and mm. elevated status. Get, uh, you know, I think for the hungry homies, let's, I'll go let's first. steer them in a couple uh, directions. I, I think chocolate frogs, yeah, I think, a great one. play a uh, great one. play a crucial role, not only because one they're these, so they're frogs made out of chocolate, but they but they actually hop around. They have a charm in them. them. They have yeah. a charm in them, so they seem alive, but oh. you can eat them and they don't feel it. Only okay. have one good jump in them. That's as it. As far one as good we jump. know. Right. And, uh, you know, like Cracker Jacks, they come with a card. Oh. The box about great witches and wizards. Right, about great oh. witches. So it's not only a great candy, but it's instructive. It's mm. educational. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. yeah, they collect them. Ron has a big collection. Harry starts to collect them. And that's actually the, one of the first times he learns anything about Dumbledore is he gets his chocolate frog card. And it ends up playing a huge role because later they're trying to figure out who Nicholas Flamel is and the role of the Sorcerer's Stone. And, and he, Harry ends up remembering. And amazingly... I mean, not only in terms of what happens in Deathly Hallows with Dumbledore's backstory, but the, now an entire film franchise, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, a five-film franchise that we're about to get the second movie of, it, a huge part of that is going to be about Dumbledore and Grindelwald. And Grindelwald is mentioned on Dumbledore's chocolate frog card at yeah. the beginning of book one. Like, that's how far ahead she thought of all of this. It's pretty incredible. Good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Chocolate frogs is a great pick. I will go with butterbeer. Oh, maybe delicious. predictable. Okay. Maybe okay. an obvious one. But delicious. I'm, you know what? I don't care. I'm, you, look, give me your best good place, Eleanor, your basic voice. I don't care. I'm happy to be basic. <laughs> no, I love butterbeer. Well, so you, you, you drank butterbeer. Yes. When you were in, in Orlando, Florida. Yes. So that's, I mean, part I of it, it, you went. Wild ham. I chugged it as fast as I can. I as say it I was could. frightening to witness. Well, he was doing that with the frozen one, by the way. Yeah. The oh, frozen I one. I had I, a stomach ache, a pretty severe stomach ache. I, for several hours. Did, I mean, <laughs> and then the sugar crash was was. That was now let me ask: was, was it for the gram? Yeah, yeah we, were doing, the yeah, we were, were doing. Yeah, we were doing for the gram. Quite literally. All right, taste buds. Another quick break. Hey, hungry homies. Today's episode brought to you by my cruise ship homies. Carnival Cruise Line. Beyond the beaches they cruise to and all the fun stuff they pack on board, Carnival is giving a ton of love to the food they serve. Is that not right, my producer, Kyle? So much love. Carnival wants you to choose fun. Whether your idea of fun is lounging by the pool, underwater cave diving, or enjoying, mm, oh, chef kiss, the perfect sushi roll it is why they have so many different restaurants on board enough for you to try something every night of your trip everything from italian fine dining to live hibachi grilling then there is carnival's collaboration with the barbecue hall of famer chef guy fietti oh my goodness it's cold guys pig and anchor barbecue smokehouse brew house boy oh boy Hey, hey, producer Kyle, we might have to get it on this one. That's a mouthful to say and a de- delicious mouthful of food. The restaurant does things the old-fashioned way. They are hickory smoking. Your nine-hour baby back ribs. They have an 18-hour brisket. I'm not kidding. 18-hour brisket. Producer Kyle, come on. Plus, there is a brewery serving up flights 
tastings and tours just a few feet away from your table. If you're looking for a vacation that's got great food and tons of fun, call your travel agent or just get yourself over to Carnival.com to learn more. Carnival, choose fun and food. We were there in the summer, and they only serve the hot butter beer during the winter months in Orlando. So there are, there are six kinds you can get. We were there in the season where you can only get five, but we did have the pleasure of sampling all five. So that was frozen, frozen, cold, fudge, clotted cream, and soft serve ice cream. Woo! The ice cream was fucking unbelievable. It's very good. And in general... Everything that has to do with Florian Fortescue's ice cream parlor in the story, I would also put up in the category of extremely important to me. Great, great, great flavors there. Amazing flavors. Also, just like when Florian goes missing, Harry's like, that guy used to give me Sundays, and now Mm -hmm. he's like a prisoner of war, possibly dead. This is terrible. Harry doesn't know, but it's like very scary. Just the idea that someone you're passing in the shops in Diagon Alley could all of a sudden vanish, you know, a reminder of the stakes. I loved all of the different butterbeer varieties. The cold and the frozen were just delightful. I really want to be able to taste the hot one day because when I thought of butterbeer in the story, I I always thought of it as being a hot beverage because it's described as really warming you mm-hmm. up. Now, sometimes they get it out of bottles on the move, like famously Lupin has them in his traveling right. club during three war, out. <laughs> which is iconic. But when they get a tankard of it at the three broomsticks. Yes. Like, that's one of my that's... my favorite things to visualize. And when I was, like, younger and I would curl up with the book in the winter and read about Harry going into Hogsmeade and just having a tankard of warm butter beer with Ron and Hermione, like, it just, I felt warm inside. Like, I know that sounds so corny, but I really mean it sincerely. And it's just, like, I don't know. It's just a special thing. And then Harry shares it with Lupin later, and they have it at the hog's head. And it's just everywhere they are, it's this, like, unifying force for them. And it's delicious. That all makes perfect sense. Well, I mean, that's exactly the point of of, of the writing. This it's is great. you know, it, it pulled you in. This is it's it, great. It, it delivered the uh, desired effect. I, I have another one: the bouillabaisse. I want to yeah. taste the bouillabaisse. Wow. I want to taste the bouillabaisse. Bouillabaisse. First of all, I, I'm a big fan of. I'm a. I love seafood. Love seafood. Delicious. And I love a seafood stew. I love a good bouillabaisse. Delicious. Like I just, it's like a you know, every spoonful is like a is like a surprise. What am I going to get? Is it a scallion? Is it you shrimp? love adventure. You love. I mystery. do. I love adventure, and I love a brothy, especially in the wintertime. I love a brothy, mm. a warm brothy something where I can dip a big piece of brown bread yes. inside of it and just eat it up. Put a little dollop of fresh cream on the top of that. See, thing. this is why Divine. we are brothers from another My mother. Goodness. I mean, yes. this is the thing. You, you have no idea that early that, that not two hours heavenly. ago. I'm in Los Angeles, California. Yeah. It's November. I'm not sure when this pod is going to run. <laughs> but I sat. I had the pleasure of sitting with the pod father, mm. and we did an episode of Food News. Okay. And I was describing to him my very first experience with the Impossible Burger. Are you guys oh, familiar with the yeah. Impossible yeah. Burger? Yes, have not had the pleasure of having one yet. But yes, so I, I was in Northern California. In, in Half Moon, and I was mm-hmm. at a restaurant featuring primarily seafood items. The thing that I order is, of course, the bouillabaisse, bouillabaisse because that is what is most appealing to me. But they had an Impossible Burger on the menu, and as is my way, that was my appetizer. <laughs> so incredible! Because I hadn't had one before, but I wanted to try it. And it and how it, was it? It didn't get in the way of my enjoyment. I actually loved it, but yeah. the, I was, you know, I, I, full disclosure. It was a bacon cheeseburger. I mean, I got bacon and cheese on it. So it was, <laughs> it was, it was fucking incredible. It was great. It, oh it, you know, I didn't detect any kind of, there was no difference in the experience of a, of, a, of a burger. Although I did tell Bill, uh, 
when I woke up the next day, I didn't have that kind of heavy, that richness that, mm. that comes from, a, mm-hmm. you know, like a normal bacon cheeseburger. And it was yeah. a nice, uh, it, it did permit me to fully enjoy the bouillabaisse. Um, it was a, like a Portuguese stew. kind. It was oh, a saffron that. flavor. Oh, I, I mean, you can, yeah. Heaven. Put your, 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 that's a five cents experience at the bouillabaisse. So I, I'm, I'm with you on pick. this, That's a good pick. That's a good second pick. I'll go yeah. number two for me. Again, less in terms of just how much I want to taste this thing and more just in terms of its function in the story. Yes. Chocolate as a cure after encountering a Dementor. Oh, that's a great one. Because, again, what this represents, and this is huge in terms of Harry's relationship with Lupin, and that's one of my favorite relationships in the story, but the Dementors in general, it's it's fear incarnate, right? Mm. It's this negative force that leads you to recall the worst moments of your life, to dr- suck out all hope and happiness. So you're like, the, the line, you know, you feel like you'll never be cheerful again. Mm-hmm. And after you encounter one of those, the only force that can fight it is a Patronus. But then once you recover, the thing that makes you feel better, it's not medicine. It's chocolate. That's the thing that makes you, and that's like how Madame Pomfrey's like, oh, Lupin knows what he's right. doing, actually. And there's this one great moment where she chops up, Madame Pomfrey chops up a giant, chocolate boulder with a hammer to give them so many after they've encountered all these dementors and it's just like the idea again that food can really be a salve like literally in that case for Mm. your soul because that's what a dementor is doing it's trying to suck out your soul so chocolate would be my next pick You gotta give it up to J.K. though, like she's because good. I of mean, think of, of she's of, incredible. But that she's chocolate, it, it's that's not a um, that's not a light concept, right? Chocolate and, and the soothing effects of it, there is a medicinal that's component correct. to yes. it. There's yeah. a genuine, and that's why you know it is uh, in popular culture. Uh, rejected that chocolate, the idea that chocolate is good for you, ha ha ha. But dark chocolate has a very mm-hmm. uh, uh, prominent place and 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 serves a lot of important roles. She's a scholar in many respects. Yeah, I got a weird one. Oh, that's not it. not a, not it. actually something that is delicious, but sure. just in terms of an interesting use of food or food like substances in the story. Yes. How about the Weasley twins skiving snack boxes? I wouldn't try them myself, but as a magical invention, <laughs> it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Are you uh, familiar with this? No. I needed to so, I need a description, please. So Skyving Snack Box is a, a kind of happy meal of of sweets that make you ill. Right. Uh, to uh, get you out of class. Right. So it's a oh. happy meal of torture. With, <laughs> it sounds like an unhappy meal. But there's a second side of the chew. So the first one makes you ill. Right. Then you get out of class and then they've given you the second half the, that heals the cure. you. Oh. For a leisure time to spend as you choose. Right. Some of the some of the options. Uh no, nosebleed no, nougat. No, very, very scary one, which causes uncontrollable hemorrhaging from the nose. Uh, quite possibly could be fatal. I Feels hope like a tough one to recover I from. I hope they've worked out the kinks because it was it seemed very disturbing when they were testing it on the student body. You can't eat the other half of that and get the blood back in your body. Very tough. Extremely the, the fainting tough. fancies are good. Fever fudge. Fever, fever fudge is fun. Puking. Well, fever pastels. It drives up. Yeah, a little messy. A little messy. But yeah, just again, just a sign of how truly brilliant and innovative the Weasley twins were. And always a funny one because as a reader, you're like, well, why did you ever want to skip a class at Hogwarts? You get to learn about magic. How dope is that? Yeah. But for the kids, of course, it's like, well, it's just school for them. School, yeah. (laughs) Which is kind of a brilliant technique. Mm -hmm. So. That's a good one. Uh, one that I would like to try, legitimately like to eat. Another one that I legitimately like to eat is the Hogwarts steak and kidney pie. Mm. I I am a like listen. Yeah. I not to besmirch. I didn't mean to besmirch uh, the cooking of the British Isles. That said, I think they really do excel at 
pies. Yes. Mm-hmm. Take sure. stuff. Absolutely. Leftover stuff, older stuff, the stuff from Christmas, whatever, blood. <laughs> blood sausage. Blood sausage. Right, sure. Blood, yeah, and put it Black in a pudding. pie. That's yeah, right. delicious. And a, the sta- Hogwarts steak and kidney pie made by the uh, the fine house elves there uh, working without a wage. That's another podcast. But I, it, it's... It really like steak and kidneys great. Pie? Yes. I want I want to try it. And I then love it. For dessert pies. Yeah. I mean the dessert there is it's, well, that, it's that's, legendary. That, that's what the, the house elves with the cakes and the pies and the eclairs. That's that's yeah. you know, that, oh, that's yeah. the famous uh output. How these kids keep in shape is really a mystery to me. They have to walk around the whole castle. Is and the that, grounds that, of the how castle. Much, but what, that's like it. How much? How many like calories are you burning doing that? I think the castle's big. Yeah, but these <laughs> kids are like it's like they're are eating a lot. Tens of thousands. Here's probably the actual right? answer. Maybe is like well, I don't know because you have uh, you. This is not. Never mind, because I was going <laughs> to say, I was going to say, we'll work through this together. I was going to say, you know, magic is ultimately energy. Yeah, that's true. And like using magic, working to learn magic right. is I like it. an exertion, but you do have plenty of over, overweight wizards. Are you a pie, are you a pie person? with his, his crystallized no. pineapple, of course. Am I, I a pie? Love, I love I, pies. Do you love, a, are you like an English oh, yeah. pie tradition, love like gravy it. pie, yes. meat love. pies? Shepherd's pie. Love a shepherd's pie love. as well. Steak, a steak and ale pie is my favorite any kind of like a chicken and mushroom pie. I would eat pies all the time when I was over there. I, I honestly love it. I really do. Have you, have you found anything here in the States that rivals? I mean, L.A. is not, you're, you're not going to find a, a, no. a real hearty steak and ale. It doesn't you feel like. You can find good fish and chips out here. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. That's There's, kind of. In New York, there were a couple of specialty places yeah. that were like pies mm-hmm. in the English tradition, but more of a fast food yeah. execution. I forget now what the name of these places were. And they were like, okay. But there's something about like a real flaky mm. like holiday yeah, pie, yeah. like gravy. the look of it. I love just it. even the look of it when you just cut into it and the gravy is oh, none of the now. poetry that's yeah. evinced or evoked by way of of the story is, yeah, yeah. is is captured in any of that will BS, which is love why. it though yeah. delicious, yeah. I, I delicious love that as well. And then the the treacle treacle where did treacle we land treacle, treacle tart? tart? That's Harry's favorite dessert. Yeah, and the Hogwarts version. Is exemplary, and I would love to try that. That would be a, high on my list of Hogwarts items. Pumpkin I wish pasties, I could try. they eat a lot. They, they do. A lot. That's like a scone type they, of. They had pumpkin juice when I was. Uh, the pumpkin juice at Wizarding World is was delicious. Yeah, it's I, quite I, refreshing. I, so was I was looking for refreshing drinks. So mm-hmm. I, I was like you guys in uh, Orlando in the summer. It was, the, it was a million degrees. Yeah, the butter beer was not refreshing. The uh, butter beer was delicious, like a, though. It, it yeah. was too sweet. Too sweet. It, 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 Extremely sweet. Yeah. The yeah. sugar crash that I experienced after uh, chugging two butter beers was <laughs> it, was really frightening. Pumpkin. Immense. Small spoiler alert here. I, I guess that applies sure. for the whole episode. Pumpkin pasties were sort of ruined for me by the trolley witch turning them into grenades in Cursed Child. <laughs> I don't know that I want to eat them quite as much after that. That was tough. All right, if we're going to talk about, uh, I, I guess we should uh, not ignore the truly disgusting food. Um, tr- uh, you know, uh, as we were... As death day saying, party? Death day party. Yeah. As we were saying, you know, yeah. feasting is, is a communal affair for bringing people <laughs> together. And the ghosts of Hogwarts have their own event. Yes. Um, when nearly headless Nick reaches his death day, um, they throw a party for him, and they f- the food that they have out there is is truly disgusting, including, uh, let's see. The, ha- the Maggoty Haggis. That's, the Maggoty that's Haggis. That's the highlight. That's the, 
or the low light. I'm not a haggis person in general anyway. Right. Oh, like a right. regular haggis. Sheep stomach. should hope That's not. It's very yeah. tough. I yeah. should hope not. The rotting fish. Oh, that was gross. It's a sad moment because the ghosts are passing through it and it's like they want it, they need it to basically stink so badly that just the essence is forceful enough that they can they can sense they it can't eat. because they can't, it. Eat. can't eat they can't eat right. it's very tough yeah very very have unpleasant have you ever tried Dire real moment. haggis no yeah no me neither i've had a bite how do you like it eh the hardest are, do you the like are you you know you just pretend that's like to me it's like i'm i'm eating sausage that's what i that's what i talk myself into do you like into. like what do you think of like tripe and and or stomach lining <laughs> in general well you know um it is an important uh, element sometimes in pho. Yeah, that's so true. If, mm-hmm. So like if if you're presented if it's a beautiful noodle soup kind of vibe, sure. if it's a soup, then then yeah, I'm in. I mean, it's as a flavoring mechanism. It is rich flavor. Yeah. If if it's prepared properly. So, but like I'm not taking it out of knife and fork and uh, <laughs> chopping up the chopping up the bites. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think we we we've pretty much exhausted. We covered. Uh, this is wonderful. We this went high. Delightful. We went low. What are you most interested in trying? Yeah, from the magical like world. It is it is the the sweets that um, yeah. appeal to me. Well, listen, I, the, Mal's got uh, the honeydukes. Got a lot I mean, left over. Man. It's, it's the acid pops. Acid pops. So, but they they're supposed to burn Jelly your tongue, slugs? right? Is it aren't, did, now, did you purchase acid pops? Mm-hmm. And they don't have I the have effect one in my of, office. If they, you want it's one. not going to burn <laughs> my mouth, is it? I mean, you know. It's not the way that not the way that it almost actually burned a hole through Ron Weasley's. Yeah. Yes, but it's is an it approximation spicy? of the is, experience. It's a, a spicy pop. Well, it's going to be like a tang there. I could you be know? into that. I'm into a tang. That's, that's I, I love good. all the candy. It is truly delightful. It really is. I just I don't know. Well, is... yeah, it's it, I love the inventiveness of it, and that's why that that's the most appealing it's thing great. to me. Well, I have to tell you, this is a, the 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 right way. That's going to be a genuine binge mode House of Carbs mashup. When I come to your office, Mallory, and yes. jam uh, uh, a a delicious acid pop in <laughs> a, any of the chocolate cockroaches. You have any of those? In uh, I believe I have. I have a chocolate frog up there. Great. I don't think I have any cockroach clusters, though. I have some of the flies. I believe yeah, I have some have of the okay. chocolate flies okay. up there. Yeah. I think I have some exploding bonbons. The, maybe some fizzing whizbies. I do have birdie bots. Might have some crystallized pineapple. Ooh. Oh my God. The list. The, I have a lot. List. I have wow, quite a lot. Pounds. Sugar quills. I definitely have some sugar quills up there. Uh-huh. What else do I have? Let's see, what else do you have? Um, let's see. I don't know. Well, I, you it's have all delicious. Cauldron cakes? I think we ate all those. Oh, <laughs> those were great. Well, I'll go for my own. <laughs> I'll, I'll get down to Orlando. That'll be at the top of my list. You should do it. Jason Concepcio and Mallory Rubin, thanks so much for Thank joining you, us. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for today. having us. Mischief Managed. Boom. There we go, Taste Buds. Episode number one, 2019, in the books. I hope you enjoyed that deep dive on the Harry Potter food collection. It gave me a food erection. That's no way to start 2019. Anyway, Hungry Homies, you know we will be back. 2019 is going to be a great eating year. I appreciate everybody listening. Check out the gram. I'm going to have some pictures up. Five noteworthy things I ate in 2018. It's no time to think about the past. We're looking forward to the present, but look at those pictures at the House of Carbs. Thank you, my hungry homies. Until next week, let's stay hungry out there.